Hello and welcome to The Falcon, a footy podcast. I'm your host, Clarky, and joining me as always, I've got Jesse. You can't see me, but I'm naked. <laughs> You've got Chris. <laughs> Very sweaty. Very sweaty. And gentlemen, this week, we are talking about the GWS Giants. Now, unlike last week, we actually have a guest because we know someone who goes for the Giants. Just one. Just one. Now, this this lovely man is one half of the In and Under podcast, as well as the guitarist and one of the lead singers for the band Mitzi. So make sure you go check out his stuff. But we've got Alex. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me and thank you for the, the kind words again, Clarky. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Clarkson. <This> <laughs> It's my favorite thing about releasing an episode is that you can tell listeners which episodes have had, we've had to do a second recording from the start every time. Alex, you have a podcast called In and Under. Correct. Now, In and Under, I I am a big fan of In and Under, particularly you have a segment that you run uh, towards the end of the podcast, but it's probably one of my favorite segments to listen to called Isaac Rankings, which might be one of the... It's one of the most elite football puns I can think of in recent memory. Now, this is a segment where you have a list of things and you rank them with your fellow co-host, Carmen. Instead of ripping off that bit, I've decided to come up with my own pun-themed bit that I can administer to the three of you called Lockie Witchfield. So are you going to administer to what? Are you a doctor? I'm administering a test. (laughs) Okay. All the medical details that I asked you for before this show are strictly <laughs> professional, Jesse. All those measurements you took were professional. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, the semen sample was unnecessary. <laughs> Is that what we're just finding out now? Well, we're making a falcon sign out of all the guests, um, and we do need a, a, at least a cup of sperm for each person. Okay, so. I did way more than a cup. <laughs> <laughs> My blood bucket. So, Lockie Witchfield is a Who Am I style trivia, we'll call it. Is that better? I have chosen an AFL field, and I have a series of clues, and I want the first person who can name this field to just jump in there. Just a little bit of a warm-up for you guys. This is an AFL field that is currently in use. So, we'll start it off with the first clue. Opened in 1871 with a field size of 167 by 124 meters. MCG. Wrong. I'm out for all of them, man. Yeah. (laughs) Marvel. (laughs) It has a seated capacity of 53,500. Oh, Adelaide Oval. It is Adelaide Oval. Well done. Seated capacity. It's like Alex's cup. (laughs) <laughs> I said seated capacity Full. because yeah. one thing that I did find out when uh, when I was looking into Adelaide Oval was that they had their record attendance is seventy thousand, but their capacity is listed at fifty three thousand. Well, don't they have the they have the the hill thing on behind the goals for twenty thousand people? Oh, the I don't big know. hill. It was for Adele. Was that when that was for a computer that capacity? For, was- oh, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. God damn it. <laughs> It's this delay. It's this delay. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Only two clues. Well, we'll get stuck into it now. Chris, you win the cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Clarky, I'm just going to hijack your segment for a second. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck <laughs> it out. Um, I was going to ask, with it being so Is this hot, about the Adelaide Oval? <laughs> no, it's not about the Adelaide Oval at all. It's not even about football. Um so you're not really hijacking my segment, but he's starting a new one. He needs computer advice. He wants to buy a Dell. <laughs> How do you change a smoke alarm battery? Um, no. Uh, <coughs> uh, with it being so hot, I did want to get uh, everyone's opinion on what is the best Zupa Duper flavour. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to say two things. Well, I'm going to say a few things here, Chris. You hijacked a segment to ask a question that could wait. We will, we will get to your question, though. But also, after doing however many episodes we've done now, like 15 or so, I get so worried when you start speaking like this 
Because it means your brain's trying to work. I thought he was building anticipation. Chris, I've known you a long time. The gears don't turn like they once did. Yeah. No, it's just his stupidity trying to come out in a very articulate way. And I worry. And then you come up with a question like, hey, guys, guys, guys. I want to interrupt this segment that Clarky created, spent time on. <laughs> Do you guys like ice balls? <laughs> um, but also, per- also the purple ones. <laughs> Wait, black currants. Black currant. I like black currant. Didn't expect you to go with that. What? What do you think? Why? What? <laughs> I didn't expect you to yeah, go with that. You're wrong, Jesse. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, Sorry, I can't. Be- I can't believe this question about opinion had a wrong answer. Well, I didn't expect it because I agree. Adelaide Oval. <laughs> <laughs> Clarky, what's your what a place? <laughs> I don't know if I want to play anymore. <laughs> oh, guys, guys, guys. Sorry, Chris. I'm going to interrupt your segment here. I've got a question. <laughs> it's not ice ball related. Okay. Is there always this much wheezing? <laughs> Only when only when Chris starts talking, I think it's usually around about the time this happens. Because none of, neither, he's yeah, like fucking Motley. Neither Jesse nor I can predict this. <laughs> um, I'm go- look, I'm going to go with Raspberry. Alex, do you have a favorite super duper flavor? So we can satiate we, we Chris. Are, we are three levels down Inception. The super dupers, they're the uh, they're the AFLX thing that's worth like nine points. And they're like a it's a, <laughs> it's an icy that's the best it's an icy pole that comes in like a long like yeah. a long stick. Okay, is it is there an orange one? Is this a test? Yeah, or, yeah, orange is fine. <laughs> the orange is good. Yeah. Well, that's not my Which, answer. I was just saying, is it a test? Am I expected to say orange because of the giants? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Alex, thank Sim you for getting us back on track. That's gone terribly. <laughs> Why is? Chris, why is Chris saying this segment has gone terribly as the person who derailed it? This is like somebody who hijacked a train, crashes it into a station and goes, oh, that was just a fucking mess. Both Lockie Witchfield and the Titanic have both been brought down by ice. I'm cutting all of that. What What does Lockie Witchfield, the Titanic and Ben Cousins' career have in common? Black card. <laughs> so, Alex, you go for the GWS Giants. We've got to finish Lucky Witchfield. We did. Apparently, Wait, only one, one question. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a tight schedule. Alex, let's get into it. Why do you go for the GWS Giants? Well, um,. Look, uh, even I've been trying to work that out in, <laughs> in the past few days, trying to figure that out why. I do, obviously, I'm not from here. You can tell I've got an accent. I'm clearly Kiwi. Um, but <laughs> I didn't used to like footy at all. I'm just going to put it out there. I hated footy. I hated AFL. I hated it. it was called football. Um, and then I started gambling on it. <laughs> And we that fully was pretty much, yeah, real, I was pretty much sucked table. in from there. <laughs> All of a sudden, I knew what a disposal was, and I was fucking mad at that bloke who was one short of what I needed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was 2019. My uh, roommate was a big footy fan, and uh, he was adamant on trying to get me involved. So we did start gambling, which is not a story that you know everyone needs to follow by any means. But uh, I remember watching this team in orange, um, the Giants, not not the Suns, unless you're colorblind. Um, and what was it? We were playing someone, and I say we, we were not we. It was them at the time. Uh, I remember Lockie Keith kicking like three goals, and he was off injured, and then he was back out there, and it was just chaos. Uh, but that's it. That's not really much of a story. Um, but yeah. Up the Giants. So, so obviously we can pinpoint your alliance of the Giants directly to Lockie Keefe because yes. that's the part that you remember. That's your earliest memory. It was chaos. I do genuinely remember that that game. He he kicked a few and then went off injured. And it looked like he 
done his you know ACL or someone then came back out and was somehow out there again kicking goals. Um, but I was drawn to to the Giants because I think they played quite an exciting brand of footy. Um, it was exciting for me at the time. Uh, but that's kind of it. There's not really too much romance behind it. Although I have drawn the fact that I moved to this country the year they became a team. So that's the romance. If that was, if this was a rom-com, that would be like the, <laughs> the big part, you know? You mentioned how excited they are to watch. And I think like last week we'd mentioned Gold Coast when they're on song can be really exciting. But GWS are just a different league altogether. I, th- I think they're the most exciting football club to watch at the moment. I absolutely, they're electric. Even when they first started, you could see glimpses. You know, everyone called them the Ferrari and stuff like that. Like, cause it was such a good team put together. They play like a really young, exciting brand of football. So I can understand it. if footy's yep. new to you, that's the team that would stand out because everyone else is playing kind of boring, sh- flooding football. Oh, well, I was going to say, do you think it's become more trendy in the last, I feel like the last even 12 months to say you're a Giants fan? Hell 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. It has, hasn't it? It's all down to their social media team, I think, yeah. has really mm. managed to crack the formula of what enamors I think a club to the God. public. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll leave leave a little meat on the bone for you, Jesse. But I wouldn't mind touching on a little bit. So, you know, obviously you've come over from from the UK. Yep. And you've spent time as well uh, studying in America. So you haven't really had a lot of time being indoctrinated, I guess, is the best way to put it. As as Australians are, where you go, you you follow foot AFL football or you follow NRL, and those are basically the two sports. You pick one, yeah, and then you watch a little bit of cricket in the summer until that goes away and you forget that it exists. So, did you did you find yourself resisting to uh, follow uh, AFL? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. You know me personally, sadly, um, but you know me, and I'm a massive football, like English football fan. I grew up playing that, and I loved football. I still do. Uh, so I was naturally, I feel like if you love football and you're English, you move to this country, there's a real natural, um, I don't want to say hatred because that's a strong word, but there's a passionate sort of like dislike. Why is football not the biggest sport in this country? Like that's weird. Um, but it's definitely grown on me and I I love watching it now and um yeah, glad I got involved. So thank you to Gambling and Sports Bear. <laughs> Friend of the show. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, definitely a dislike and a passionate one at times, but I've I've outgrown that now and I've learned to love both. My heart is open. Well that and the GWS Giants are doing a lot better than your Premier League team at the moment. So Correct. You don't need to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Manchester United, for drawing Alex back in. So let's talk about some of your favourite memories. Is that a boo from Chris? Yeah, I'm a Liverpool supporter, so boo. Oh, no. Scumbag. This is why we had to turn the cameras off so they didn't bark at them like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did somebody just try to bark? That was Alex. I think that was one of Josh's dogs in the background. Oh. <laughs> 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 so we've covered off a little bit of your earliest memory, the the Lockie Keith Jesus like returning <laughs> to the field after kicking a couple of goals. But do you want to take us through some of your favourite memories of the club? Because there's been quite a few highlights. So it was uh it's quite a short lived journey, obviously being a, a Giants fan since twenty nineteen, so there's not a heap of memories. Um but uh, the 2019 grand final, when obviously we made it, it kind of looked like I just jumped on the bandwagon because all of a sudden I picked a team and I picked one that made it to the grand final. Uh, but I remember the, is it the prelim before the final? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Why is yes. it not called a semi-final? Anyway, but... Um, I, that's, a, that's a whole yeah, other that's episode. A, <laughs> I, I honestly don't think we get a full episode of that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we could throw some Lockie Witch hats in there as well. Lockie Witch's hat. Fuck. But yeah, I remember the the prelim against uh, Collingwood. I remember that quite vividly. That was a real nail biter of a game, um, much like this one just gone. 
And that was a big moment where I was like, I actually am invested in this team. Like this means something to me. Um, so that was a good memory. Jeremy Cameron leaving, bad memory. Uh, look, I'm running on empty for memories, but there's been some great times. Just take my word for it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's hard to have memories of a club that's been around for six yes. months. Um, yeah. So that that makes sense. With, with like you mentioned, Jeremy Cameron, a lot of big like a lot of big players left mm. Gold Coast really early on, and that was the fear with GWS. However, GWS seems to have maintained their players a lot better. There was a few um, exoduses where they all came to Essendon, but how do you feel about your club losing so much of that like talent that you got right at the start? Yeah, it is. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because we still are stacked, but like. We've got so many draft picks from what I'm aware of. I, you know, I didn't really watch at the early stages, but I know we were given quite a lot of handouts by the AFL in terms of these solid draft picks and players and stuff. So it's like you can't keep them all, but it is weird because now I watch and I'm like, oh, he used to play for Giants, Jack Steele, people like that. You're like, wow, we let him go? Like, why? Oh, yeah. I forgot about, that. I forgot about um, him. So it is, yeah, it's, it's a bit rubbish, but... The fact that we're still good shows we probably got a bit too much from the AFL at the start, but we'll take it. That's the thing though about GWS is that even though you receive, you guys received a lot of concessions from the AFL, GWS, I would say consistently have probably built their system a lot more steadily than Gold Coast did. Mm. Just something about the way that the team was built and, like you said, the level of talent that they were able to retain. Like, Phil Davis only just yeah. retired. Like, that's wild to me to ha- have a guy like that. And, yeah, you've still got all these top-end guys who have been in the system for such a long time. It's like, oh, well, you know, you lost Tim Taranto, but holy crap, you guys also have Tom Green, who Elite. has been someone that, that, yeah, that you guys have been working on for so long. But I suppose this is a good way to work in as well. Who are some of your favourite players? I love Toby. Toby Green. He's a bit of a yes. Vegemite, isn't oh. he? Where you kind of love him or hate him. But um, <laughs> I love him. I'm glad that he plays for my team. And I I don't think anyone would not want him to play for their team. Like That shit cunt in him. Um, beat that out if that's not allowed. Um, make <laughs> oh, no, makes he's him a shit unreal. Like that oh, yeah. competitive streak and the edge he has on opponents because he's just willing to, to just commit heinous things on the field. <laughs> I think he's kind of matured past that. I like Toby yep. Green a lot because he has had the perfect yeah, redemption true. arc. Um, yeah, this year he showed that he could be as much of a leader as, as he is sort of just a good player, um, which was awesome. Also, he was fantastic in Saltburn. <laughs> I think he looks so much like Barry Keegan or whatever reckon, his name is. Yeah. Uh, they remind me of each other so yeah. much. Um, yeah, that's probably what he looks like. That end scene, probably what he looks like in the, the changing rooms after a win, isn't it? If you've seen it. Um, I'm trying to think of other players. Uh, there's, I loved Lockie Whitfield. Like when I first started watching them in 2019, he seemed like such a good um, user of the footy, which I just... I don't know, I respected a lot because a lot of footy to me was just these long kicks down the line to a contest and that's what I didn't like about it. And Lockie Whitfield sort of epitomises this good user and, and yeah, great sort of kick of the footy, which was nice. Love Jeremy Cameron early on, hate him now. Um, <laughs> we yeah, all do. Yeah, other players. I'm trying to think a young lad like Tom Green is going to be a star. Arguably already is. I love... Bedford, now that we got him from Melbourne, yes. what a baller. I was so glad, yeah. I was so glad to see you guys playing him because he has been a jet and just needed a team that would play him and the Giants yeah. are the perfect fit. Uh, Josh Kelly, elite again. Um, who has, I love Cogs and I think Cogs, um, do you remember that documentary that Amazon did, that All, all or Nothing? Yes. Um, and he was very much kind of like, uh, you saw the person behind the player in that, like you saw him going through these battles with form and and confidence issues and struggling with a captaincy. And I think now seeing him come out of that and being a decent player again, like he was this year, was yeah unreal to see him sort of grow into his old self, the one I started watching, and yeah, thought he was a brilliant player. 
That um that documentary series, I've said this before, that documentary series made me hate Leon. Oh, Leon yes. Mate, there's a scene. Have you? I don't know if it will mean. I've got it recorded on my phone from when I watched it, and I think we just lost. And he's going around the change room. It doesn't show the players. He's sort of berating, and he's like, I didn't see it from you. And then the next day he turns to him, he's like, I didn't see it from you. And it's like, I didn't see it from you either. And he's just getting progressively more and more mad. <laughs> and you can't see who he's shouting at. And it's just fucking hilarious. And now he doesn't have a job. So. Now, isn't he an assistant coach at Sydney? A real job. <laughs> who cares? He joined the enemy. <laughs> I'm looking at your team, Lasso. And just, there are so many players that I like to watch play, like Harry Himmelberg, Kieran Briggs yes. seems like such a yep. loose unit. He is such good fun. Your favorite, Lockie Keith, you know, God 2. Tom Green God mentioned. Two. God 2. Callan Ward. Yes, yeah. Like, such a hard soul yep. player of the club. Yeah, there's there's a number of them, isn't there? And we are we're pretty blessed in, in comparison to other teams in that way that we do have a lot of players who would probably be really good at other teams, but they're kind of second fiddle to other stars at GWS, um, which was a bit weird and inexcusable why we were shit for a couple of years um, from the grand final to last year, really. We were pretty average. Bad yeah, coach. Yeah, reasonable. Yeah. We want to move on, and I think it's time that we get Jesse to take us through some vibes because I really... Yeah, that's what I want to hear, baby. Um, all right. Let's jump straight into the vibes. We're going to talk about the song because the song... Wait, hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. One sec. One, one sec, guys. Can you can you hear that? No. Can no, what's you? up? Because there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. Got him. He's got him. Oh, it works even better because I've had technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, God damn yeah. it. God damn it. <laughs> Perfect. Chris, you always complain about every single team's song. Is the GWS theme song, club song, winning song, is it a good one? No, it is a mid-tier song oh, that has been overblown by social media. Oh, fucking hell. I am glad your fire alarm... It is the chicken nuggets of football songs. (laughs) I think I've meant. I think I've said this before. (laughs) This man, I, I, (laughs) he likes black current super dupers and hates the GWS. I like black current super dupers. I love. Yeah, and you're also. You've got your own problems, Jesse. Hang on, you're putting words in my mouth, and people do this with chicken nuggets as well. I didn't say I hate the GWS. Put them in your mouth. (laughs) No, they they say that I hate them. I don't hate them. I don't hate the GWS song, but it's a mid-tier song that has been overblown by social media. Fuck you, Chris. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, the Giants team song was written by Harry James Angus. You may know him as the singer slash songwriter, uh, part of the Cat Empire. Do you guys like the Cat Empire? You wear off. The <laughs> I Cat did Empire. like the Cat Empire back in the day. And look, that doesn't surprise me, Clarky. Hello, still. Hello, still <laughs> gets <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a play. <laughs> I'm going to see how much of that we can put into this episode. Yeah. Now, here, the friend who works the AFL, friend said, hey, make a submission. Um, you know, we've got this new club. They need a song. The Cat Empire aren't doing anything. So I guess um, Harry thought, sure, why not? This caught the attention of GWS. They invited him over to the club to workshop the idea. Um, Kevin Sheedy, um, a very kind of withdrawn... Uh, and shy person who rarely is opinionated <laughs> decided to knock on the door one day and say, hey guys, I didn't want to say anything, but I have an idea for the song. And he burst in the room and said, this song needs its yellow and black moment. You know, the part where the crowd gets into it, you say it, it's a robust, big moment. He said that's what the song needs. So uh, Harry went away and he, he worked on something and he took some inspiration, as most songs do from wartime, uh, <laughs> you know, the good old days. It's wartime, basically. <laughs> the, good, the good old days. He took it from a Winston Churchill quote, and he got a little bit of that never surrender in there. And that was meant to be the big the big hook of the song. We'll get to that in a moment. When the song came out initially, it was labeled a joke by a former demon, and you may know him as the runner-up on It Takes Two, Russell Robertson. He was not a fan of the song at all. He became quite vocal about it. Um, same with Angry Anderson. Cool. 
thanks, Angry. Thanks for your thoughts. Um, <laughs> he said it needs more guitar. But I think Harry came out and said, the old-timey vibe is there to make it a little bit timeless. I agree, because I think this song has such a kind of fun poker groove to it that it it, it doesn't feel modern, but it doesn't feel old. Mm. It just feels fun. Alex, what are your thoughts on, on the club song? Well, it's an unexpected reaction from a guy with, whose first name's Angry, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I oh, think it's a banger. Sorry, Alex, as a, as a football, as like a new football fan, do a deep dive into Angry Anderson performing at the oh, footy. No. En- enjoy. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Give him the guest homework. Thoughts on the song, Unreal. I love it. Um I don't know if I'd feel differently if it wasn't my song. Um, and maybe it has been overplayed or built up. I can take that with a pinch of salt, but I do think it's got a real bop to it. And I love that, yeah, the guy from Cat Empire wrote it. Well, like, it did get really big in the lead-up to the 2019 Grand Final. As much as Never Surrender was meant to be the hook, the hook became big, mm. big sound. And there were memes about it. Everyone got on board with it, except for Kreskley, the mm. hipster. But it became such... A fun term because I think the grand final against Richmond, despite the fact that you got your ass kicked, was such a turning point for how people perceive the club because everybody hates Richmond. Unless you go for Richmond, everybody else hates Richmond. So it was it really felt like we all jumped aboard the GWS um, bandwagon and the momentum, the energy was there. And then the social media team absolutely latched mm. onto that and brought us all with them. Yes, you lost the grand final, but you won a lot of fans that final series. When it comes to social media, nobody does it better than the GWS. And I think that comes down to the 2023 GWS staff member of the year, Mr. Oh. Jacob Gaynor, who has been leading the way for AFL social media coverage. It's really hard to nail down what exactly he does right compared to everyone else, but he makes really kind of daggy, but genuinely funny and kind of sincere um, videos. Little little clips after every win or loss, he'll take a scene from a movie or a TV show, usually The Simpsons, and you'll just p- do a few little edits, make fun of the um, North Melbourne Football <laughs> Club, and it just becomes such a memeable moment. And what I like about it is, Every other social media team seems to be trying to play catch up with them because they've all tried to do it to, you know, differing degrees of success, but he keeps changing it up. So his latest thing that he's been doing the last few months is he's teamed up with um, a bit of a partner in crime, Cooper Hamilton. Yes, yeah. And they've been doing videos together and they are so good. Cooper is genuinely funny. He's got really, really good delivery. I think we're all aware of the GWS social media game. Are there any particular posts, videos, moments on the GWS socials that have stood out to you? Isaac Heaney one. You probably know the one where he's looking out the airplane window. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that so is funny. like top, top tier because it's just ultimate shit And I love it because it creates... I know that in Melbourne there's a bunch of footy teams, but there's not loads of like strong rivalries, which is somewhat... When you watch like English football, there's a lot of these local sort of rivalries, and I miss that element of sport. So I love that they're trying to create this sort of tension and this real like hatred of the the others team in Sydney, who they call South Melbourne, which is top draw. And yeah, that meme epitomizes that. Clark and Chris, what about you guys? Are there any particular moments that that have tickled your fancy? Uh, I don't know if it was his. Um first video the one that cooper hamilton did before um i think it was before the final series before this year before G- mm. last year before jb was in the finals and it was the we cordially invite you to join the, the giants bandwagon mm. that it's, was a very funny one that was so well done i think that was one the that's probably the best one for me um i think that's also the one where he introduces himself as jack ginnivan yeah which is just so well yeah. done it's so well done <laughs> i'm a simple man and I absolutely love the edits. And for me, it was the after this year, after, sorry, last year, Jesus Christ, last year after the win against St. Kilda in the finals, and they posted the Garfield meme of him opening oh, the door. Yeah. 
the knock, and it's knock that yeah. annoying woman doing the <laughs> knock knock, and then Garfield slams the door and walks away. <laughs> just, uh, just Chef's kiss. I'm all about it. It's so simple what he does, but it just now that every time, I aside from that, which cordially invites you to join the club. My two standouts have been um, simply putting Ken Hinckley's face over Ken while he sings that I'm just Ken's son from Barbie. <laughs> I don't know why it just works so well. And the one that's currently pinned on the GBS social media, so if you haven't seen it, please go check it out on Twitter. Um, it's Cooper Hamilton reading out the 2024 fixture in rhyme. And it, it goes for about five minutes. And it's super, it's really clever. It's really funny. It has so many little meme jokes in there. And for the most part, they 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 hit. It's really, it's really funny. It's really, really fun. Um, moving on from the socials and, and the song, look, the the mascot where is where things kind of fall apart. <laughs> uh, the mascot seems the G-Man. He's just a really happy red-headed fella. He kind of looks like that moment in The Simpsons when Lenny gets um, Botox and he can't stop smiling. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Um, other than that, when it comes to sort of that identity... They get called the orange team sometimes because of uh, some commentary. <laughs> That's something, I guess. That's a joke that's been done to death. As for famous supporters, um, ugh, well, you got Mitchell Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Cricketer. That's okay. Um, Tony Abbott, known oh, cunt. No. Onion eater. Bit, bit of a bit of a bit of a dog, I'll say it. Uh, and somebody who I genuinely like, I think she's fantastic. Uh, you may know her from her time at Sunrise, Melissa Doyle. She was a very, very passionate um, GWS fan. I'm sure she still Who? is. Melissa Doyle, remember on um, Sunrise back when um, back when Koshy was on it? No. Is he still on it? He was a pre- she was a pre- presenter for, for years on that show and was really good. I really liked her. But yeah, get some more famous supporters, Alex. The, the G-Man sounds like a nickname, someone who's very uncool would give themselves, doesn't it? You know, like your, your 50-year-old <laughs> dad's that, mate. That single 40-40 yeah. of your own yeah, uncle. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Chris, this is exactly why we had to stop calling you the C-Man. <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing. But speaking of um, C-Man, uh, Chris, it's a moment for us. <laughs> I thought you were going to say speaking of having nothing. <laughs> Similar to last week's episode about Gold Coast, I've, I've had to change this segment up a little bit. Now, Alex, for context, usually we would take some time now to talk about the good times, the best of times, premierships. However, given that the Giants are yet to win a flag... They aren't really the best of times. I might say they're the worst of times. <laughs> Don't fret, though. We're still going to take a trip down memory lane. We're going to talk about some memorable moments throughout the Giants' history, kicking off with probably the most obvious, their first AFL match. Now, this was, as you mentioned, before you were uh, an AFL fan. Have you gone back and watched any of the kind of early games at all? I reckon I probably did watch them because um, that was when I just moved to the country and I was intrigued by this this new team. Um, but I definitely did not admire those games, so I would not have any recollection of them. That's probably fair because the first few years were tough. Uh, getting into the first match was played against fierce rival Sydney. It was also the f- first ever battle oh. of the bridge uh, at ANZ Stadium in round one on the 24th of March 2012. Now, unfortunately, the Giants went down to the tune of 63 points in a bit of a dead rubber of a game. However, it was much better than the 119-point loss that Gold Coast copped in their first game 12 months earlier. So, silver linings. Uh, Cop that. Josh Kennedy, Kieran Jack, and Jude Bolton were amongst the best on ground. However, looking back on that first ever Giants team, though, there were some genuine stars of the future in there. Lining up in that first game the likes of a fresh-faced Jeremy Cameron, future Giants stalwarts Stephen Keneally and Toby Green, the Giants' first-ever goal kicker and Western Bulldogs legend Callan Ward, hey. Essendon legends, Player. I don't know what you'd call them, uh, <laughs> Dylan Shield and Devin Smith, uh, owner of one of the best rigs in the AFL, Chad Corns, uh, NAB rising star and the very anticlimactic Reese Palmer, Phil Davis, because I don't really have anything to say about him. <laughs> And former NRL player and known fuckwit Israel Folau. Now You can say he's a cunt. I didn't cunt. want to go there. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll fight him. Some big names in there. However, this doesn't include players who had been signed but weren't named in that round one team. 
including number one draft pick and dick pick connoisseur Jonathan Patton, <laughs> Brisbane legend Luke Power, who I actually forgot played for GWS and was co-captain as well. I completely forgot oh, playing wow. for GWS. Yeah. Uh, future Western Bulldogs Hall of Famer Adam Trelaw, uh, Melbourne nobody Tom Scully, <laughs> the man of many clubs Taylor Adams. Mm. I always forget that he started at GWS. Mm. And uh, the throat goat himself, Nick Ga- Nick Haynes. Uh, throat goat. <laughs> the what? <laughs> Hold up, Chris. <laughs> the what, sir? Because <laughs> he got hit in the throat against Bulldogs and it caused a big issue. Ah, oh, I thought you meant uh, like, uh, you're talking about the old Gluck Gluck 9000. About <laughs> to uncover right. some secrets about Nick Haynes. And now, <laughs> Fuck. End of the show. Now, we spoke last week about the lack of depth at the Gold Coast in the early days, but GWS recruited very bloody well when they started mm. in, the, in comparison to Gold Coast. Um, some of those names, like it's insane to think that all of those players were on one, one list at one time. Chad Gorns is wild. Yeah, I forgot that he played there as well. I remember when the Suns and, and GWS were created... There were a lot of people kind of catastrophizing things, saying they're going to win the next, you know, 10 grand finals in a row. It's just going to be GWS and Gold Coast because of all the concessions. Mm. Um, and then when Gold Coast came out, it's like, all right, maybe not. However, when GWS first started, that's, I, I did get really nervous. I'm like, these guys are going to be unstoppable in about three, four years. Luckily, you had a shit coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you went from Sheedy, who. Lost his mind about 30 years ago. Oh, maybe not 30 years ago. It's a bit too long. Uh, 20 years ago, I'll say, he lost his mind. Uh, and Leon Cameron, who also lost his mind. <laughs> Live on air in that documentary. A, a, a muscular coach as well. He's a big man. Moving on from their first game onto another memorable moment. Moment It actually came against the aforementioned Gold Coast Suns, and that was the club's first AFL win, which came in round seven of their debut season. Uh, it was an absolute thriller up until three-quarter time with Gold Coast holding on to just a four-point margin at the final break. However, that was until GWS produced a five-goal-to-none last quarter, register their first ever win by 27 points, a decent win in the end. Uh, big Jonathan Giles, a name I, I haven't heard of for a while, kicked three. He was a bit of a super coach legend a few years ago. Uh, and while future captain Stephen Cornelio had 31 touches in his debut win. Um, while we're on the subject of wins, we're going to fast forward to round one, 2014. Arguably the club's most memorable win in their history. We'll set the scene. Round one, the Battle of the Bridge against Crosstown rival yes. Sydney. Oh. GWS are about to embark on their third season in the AFL, having only won a combined three games and picking up both wooden spoons in their first two seasons. Sydney, on the other hand, coming off of a top four finish, a prelim final appearance in the previous year, and we're entering into an incredibly hyped up match for round one as it marked the club debut of a young upstart that you might have heard a bit about, a man named Lance Buddy Franklin. Oh, After- yes. Yes. Never heard of him. <laughs> After being behind at every major break, the Giants stormed home in the final quarter, kicking six goals, four to the Swans, five behinds to record a rousing 30 30- two-point win. Jeremy Cameron and John O'Patton combined for seven goals between them, while Adam Trelaw and Callan Ward picked up 34 and 31 disposals respectively. Meanwhile, Buddy kicked a measly one goal, one behind in what was one of the biggest boilovers in recent AFL memory. Do any of you guys remember that game? I I have vague memories of it because there was such a build-up because the whole thing, like, Buddy was meant to go to the Giants until... 15 minutes before the trade went through, apparently. Yeah. The build-up to that was, was massive. I can't remember the win itself, but, God, that must have been satisfying to watch, Alex. Yeah, that was uh, not one I remember, sadly. Um, but this <laughs> this is this is nice because it's like a, a trip down memory lane for me as well. I'm learning to love my team a bit more. So thank you for sharing <laughs> these fond memories that I should have. If you get a chance, go back and, <laughs> and watch round one, 2014. It's also uh, noteworthy because the game was delayed due to lightning strikes. It was delayed 25 minutes or something. Now uh, I remember it. Yeah. Why do I remember, why do I remember the weather? Yeah. <laughs> it was, so there was a lot that happened. It must have was... been a memorable game if you can remember the weather. <laughs> 
there was a, there was a lot that happened. There was the the massive hype and the build up because it was Buddy's first game for Sydney. Um, GWS were complete underdogs, as I said. They only won three games in the pre- the previous two seasons. It was a hell of a story, especially because it was such a close game for the first three quarters, and then they just ran over the top of them in the last quarter. So, if you get a chance, go watch it. I'll put it on my list. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to our last memorable moment, and then I'm, I'm keen to change tack a little bit. Uh, this is certainly a moment that's been memorable for Jesse and I as we were sitting about 10 metres away from where it happened. Uh, round 21, 2017, Marvel Stadium against famed rivals, the Western Bulldogs. The ever so controversial Toby Green kicked known Bob Marley impersonator Luke Dalhouse in the face. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mentioned that Jesse and I were sitting about 10 metres away from this when it happened. And when I say we heard the impact, we heard the impact. It sounded like biting into a fresh apple. Oh, That's a good description. The crunch um, to it. It was, you, you kind of didn't even realize what had happened at first. You just heard this loud clapping sound, and that was the sound of Toby's boot hitting Luke Dalhouse's face. And, and as a little bit of a build up, so Chris obviously goes for the doggies. We were sitting amongst a bunch of doggies of fans. I hate the Western Bulldogs, so I was going for the Giants. And I, <laughs> I had been making a few comments here and there. Um, obviously not too loud because I don't get bashed up by doggy supporters. <laughs> but I, when the fight happened and the and the, all the doggy fans got quite vocal, I was setting up saying, defend our boy. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that Toby heard me and it really brought him back from the from the brink, you know. He saw that white light and he was walking towards it and he heard me. And he's like, phew, fat boy, I'll come back. <laughs> He, he was a bully. What could I say? <laughs> Who would have thought that years later, Luke Dalhouse would then go on to try and kill Jeremy Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> um, this was obviously another moment that was before uh, you really kind of started supporting the club, Alex. Have you have you seen this vision of this moment at all? I have. I have seen this and yeah. definitely play on. Part of the game, boys. Part of the game. Get over it. Let him play. He was instantly reported. However, he famously did not face any uh, any sanctions for it. He got off. I just thought Dalhouse was lucky not to. You know, they get done for staging. Is it they call it? Um, (laughs) That was the only takeaway (laughs) from my end. But I'm a one-eyed giant. Being there in person and being so close to it as we were, I think there was a brief moment where Jesse and I both thought that we saw a man die. Yeah, like, <laughs> you say you're a one-eyed giant. Um, Dallas always became a one-eyed doggy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> if I could compare it to a scene from, like, you know, pop culture, it was um, slight Walking Dead spoilers here. When Glenn met Lucille... If you've seen The Walking Dead, you'll know what I mean. It was kind of that. <laughs> yeah. I, what? It's a niche reference. That maybe that's why Dallas was so shit at Geelong. CTE. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like half, half his brain is still on the Marvel surface. <laughs> it's on Toby Green's boot. <laughs> now, on the subject of Toby Green, we, we kind of touched on him very briefly earlier. I wanted to just finish off talking about him for a little bit. We've had on some of the episodes, we've kind of had a little bit of a focus on a particular player, and I think that he is the one that everyone thinks of when they think of the Giants. Um, I don't know if there has been a more controversial player in the modern era of the AFL. Um, like, you've you've kind of had your pests, like your Hayden Ballantyne, and you've got your Cody Waitman now, but I don't think there has been Ugh. a more controversial player uh, in the modern era. And that isn't without reason. He's done some things that have brought it on. But fuck, he's a good player. He's one of those players that cliche opposite opposition fans love to hate, but more so he's one of those rare players that makes you both love and hate him at the same time. <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of see from the view of a giant supporter, what does Toby Green mean to you? I think without getting too emotional about old Toby, my boy, <laughs> um, he he is everything you want all of your players to be, but obviously they can't all be that. Cause he's, he's like, he's not a hard man, is he? You don't go, he's tough, but he's tough. Like he's yeah. got this air and this competitive drive to him 
that makes him do silly things, but it also makes him want to do anything to win for the team he plays for. And we're just lucky to have him. I think that that's, a, that's probably a good way to describe him. He just wants to do anything to win for the team that he plays for. And it's, yeah, it's frustrating as an opposition fan, but sometimes I watch him and he'll he'll kick a goal or he'll do something. And I'm like, God, why did that have to be so good? Mm. I think we spoke about it. I can't remember which player we we're talking about, um, but we compared them to Bont, just a player who can take the team on their back and win the game. Yeah. Toby, is that, doesn't it a bit of a different way to a player like Bont? Because um, Bont can kind of do it with like almost like brute force, where Toby's just unrelentingly competitive. And he has moments. It's the moments that lift people. He's such a fun player to watch. And I think a, a part that's um, helped, I think, people kind of soften towards him a little bit is, yes, he used to get suspended a lot. But then the suspension started getting a bit ridiculous. He was getting free kicks caught against him that other players weren't. He was getting suspended when other players wouldn't. And I think that really changed him to being a bit of the, uh, not so much the underdog, but he was coming up against, you know, against City Hall, the AFL, and he was yeah. always coming off second best. And it made him really kind of relatable. You wanted the little guy to win. He- Absolutely. You know all those people that whinge about Jack Genovan getting like a rough run of it? Toby Green is like if that was actually happening. Yeah. And not just made up because you like a player. Like Toby, re- like after that kick specifically, and he did some pretty blatant stuff as well, like we've all said. It was said, a good kick. Um, the, um, the umpire... The umpire- <laughs> The umpire nudge from was it not last year the year before? Yeah, um, that was another big controversial. Umpire, one. get out of the way! They're a champion walking through. <laughs> I'm, I'm Team Toby. Toby can do whatever he wants. Are you familiar with the phrase Toby tax? The, yeah, he gets the Toby tax. It's bullshit, and every time he does something, someone else could do the exact same thing, and he gets yeah, either a couple more games or whatever. There's always a more Harsh blow for him. If anything, it should go the other way around because we know the damage he can do. And if he like bumps an umpire, you've got to think, yes, but he could have kicked him in the face. And he chose <laughs> not to. Hulk flicks someone. He chose not to. <laughs> Instead of punching Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Give him, give him a free kick. <laughs> but the best redemption arc of modern modern football, I reckon, just absolutely turned it around and is like a, a leader that any football club would be lucky to have. Well, there well are a said, lot of Josh. question marks over the decision to give him the captaincy, which mm. I questioned as well because it was right after the whole umpire thing happened. Um, but I think he proved in spades last year that that was oh, yeah. the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes you give those players that are a bit nuts a bit more leadership and it pulls their head in a little bit. I personally think he's the best captain in the league right now. Oh, that's a big call. I'll say it. I don't give a fuck who's listening. <laughs> was he captain of the All Australian team as well? Like, did yes. He, did he get that? Yeah, I feel like he might have been. Yeah, he Alex, 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 you're asking for facts here. We don't deal yeah, with yeah, facts. Yeah, he, he was because there were a bunch of Bulldog supporters <laughs> salty about it. So yes, he was. Oh no way. <laughs> oh yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, after that little trip down memory lane. I'll now throw it back over to Clarky for the final segment, the Falcons theme. Yeah, the Falcons theme. That's that's all. That's what we're doing. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> At this point, why do we even throw it back? So, Alex, you've listened to the show before, but for anyone who is listening for the first time, we're about to do the Falcons theme. So we are going to build the ultimate GWS player using a head. Uh, using vibes and hair, body to represent their tackles and strength, arms for their marks and handballs, legs for their kicking and running. And then we've also got a modifier. So we'll start off at the head. Who do you reckon represents GWS with their vibes and hair? Oh, um, sounds like there's a few opinions in your in the background of yours. <laughs> um, a couple of dogs fans. Um Head being a we so I've drawn up a few names here, um, but like Frankenstein, I wanted it to be the good and the bad because he's an odd character, Frankenstein, and he like he's a, a bit of all sorts about oh, him. Oh, we'll say it. We'll say it. No one else was brave enough to say Frankenstein. Bit of an odd fella. 
odd fellow. Um, I, I was going to say Phil Davis's hair, so I'll go Phil Davis's head. I actually don't mind that. I think Phil Davis has some good vibes about him as well. Good, good head of hair, strong hairline. Um, pretty jealous of him, but yeah, he's the head. Can I make a suggestion here? Callan Ward. Oh yeah, he's tough. That's tough a solid head. head. That that's some. I think if you just want your basic. 26 to 33 year old haircut, a little bit stylish, a little bit surprisingly Melbourne haircuts as well. You go to GBS players. There's some good mm-hmm. heads of hair in here. Callum Ward's had a few because he, he's got the very kind of normal clean cut, but at one point he did have it a bit longer. That's what I'm thinking. Long hair Callum Ward, but I guess Callum Ward and Phil Davis are kind of the same person <laughs> from the outside looking in. They're My both in all the giants, yeah. Yeah. Those two? Yeah. Yes, they both are. Yeah, of course. I think they were, I was reading earlier today, I'm pretty sure they were the two first players to sign on. I think so. Um, my suggestions were going to be Cooper Hamilton. Oh, he's yes. Got the, he's got the party on the top and then the business mustache. Uh, or What sort of, way? I'm looking at a picture of him. Business mustache, yes, but what's the business? <laughs> Corn. <laughs> Yeah, no, he looks like he's gonna send you like sell you um like uh uh bail bonds or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh my other suggestion apart from him was going to be either Phil Davis or Nick Haynes. Haynes is not a bad choice, but I think we're gonna Phil Davis. I'll lock happy him I'll lock in, him. <laughs> we're locking him in? Lock All right, Clark in. Clarky, chuck him on on the list. Four Davis is basically Callan Ward. It's locked in forever and we can never change Excellent. it. Excellent. Next one, we move on to body, which is your tackles and your strength. Or oh, <laughs> I've gone Callum Brown. Um, okay. He's, it, oh, he's yes. absolutely shredded. Um, he's got a lovely skin tone that we're all jealous of. <laughs> um, like, I went to see the Ballarat game with old mate Clarky. And standing on the boundary we near did. him, I was like, wow, he, he's a beast. Um, so I would go Callum Brown for that. He's he's got a good bot on him, and also some real decent pipes. He can sing. <laughs> also known as arms, Jesse. Oh, I think he meant like he can sing. Can I throw a name into here? I think throughout the the the, the history of the Falcon line so far, we haven't given enough respect to the Ruckman, Kieran Ooh. Briggs. Absolute fucking brick shit house of a man. With Phil Davis's glowing locks on top. Might as well just go all the way and make it Shane Mumford. Yeah. The oh, mummy. Sausage. Can we make a um a modifier and just it's just Mumford sausage. Eating twelve eating twelve snags. <laughs> he wasn't eating the snags, Clarkson. Okay. <laughs> he was on them nose beers. <laughs> I think it was more than nose beers. It was a nose keg. It was a nose keg, and judging from the moustache, sold to him by Cooper Hamilton. <laughs> was it when he was at GWS that Stevie J fell off the roof? Does that I'm sorry, thing? what? That rings a bell. Isn't isn't there? A, there's a story that Stevie J got suspended because he felt, but he was drinking and fell off a roof and broke his shoulders. If not, I'm starting the rumor. No, I, I think that, that. I, I think that's true. It sounds like something Stevie J would do. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We've got the body of Callum Brown crossed with Kieran Briggs. Is that what we're? Yeah, maybe. What I've maybe heard? a bra- a Brown Briggs, a tanned Briggs. Brown Briggs, done. Brown Briggs. Callum Briggs. Ah, uh, they've got arms, marks, and handball. I had Sam Taylor because he's an Ooh, good choice. Intercept what a player. Mark. Yeah, that's what a player. Absolutely, you that's got it in one. Quite spindly yeah, arms. Purely good point. But very strong mark overhead. All right, let's move. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that one. Legs. No argument. Kicking and running. Can I put a suggestion out there really early? Sorry, Alex. Go on. Harry Himmelberg. Yeah, Himmelberg's good. He He's got that clutch gene And he as can well. jump. Yeah. Um, but on that note, no. I'm going Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> <You> traitor. <laughs> 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 well, he's just got legs like a gazelle, the boy. He can run all day and they're... Yeah, little chicken boy legs. Yeah, and he can kick a snag or a seven. This is controversial because I think this is the first time we've had a player who has, you know, a player of note who has crossed to another team getting put into his former team, former team Falcon sign. It's the only way we can hold on to him. We've got to encapsulate him <laughs> into, into this. Him. He has to be stitched to Callum Brown and Kieran Briggs. <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to get Jeremy Cameron GWS era's legs. Um, also the first, also the first um, double up, because he's also in the Geelong file. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. I think in the Geelong one we use his left leg because we also have yeah Tom we Hawkins. used one of his legs yeah because yeah. no because we wanted him to have one weird so I think one Tom Hawkins leg and one weird Jeremy Cameron maybe leg. with this one there's one leg still in the pile oh so you yeah. can get one Jeremy Cameron leg do you have another leg you want from another player Alex um to be honest I didn't think we would get to this stage you, you um, didn't think I was going to start dividing up legs based on previous <laughs> Falcon signs well Alex you've come in unprepared I am thinking. <laughs> Uh, does leg include like their kick? Yeah, yeah, kicking yeah. and running. Give him one short leg. Like Aaron Toby Cadman. Bedford. Cadman, he's a spindly boy. He is, but he's gonna build up, okay? Because like you have the G- the uh, the Jeremy Cameron GD West spindly leg. You need an equally spindly leg to grow. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. Also, I think two spindly legs on the uh, on the. Uh, Callum Brown, Kieran Briggs crossover is going to be a sight. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to look like a sick horse. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. We'll dive straight into the modif- modifiers. Toby Tax. There's, Toby Tax. Yeah, well, there, there's a couple that I thought of. One was the Toby kick, the karate kick. Ooh, oh, yeah. yes. Too easy. The, o- the other one was the big, big sound modifier. Yeah, that's already in there. It's like when you play Monster you, Hunter and you use the um the battle horn and it gives you a boost. <laughs> what did you say, a Alex? Kingsley's like? arms has to be a modifier, surely. Yeah. Hold up. Can we have Kingsley as the arms in this player? <laughs> oh, we true. Had a goat yeah, before. that's poor poor Sam Taylor. Well, we'll go Sam Taylor's right hand, Kingsley's left. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, also, p- you say poor Sam Taylor. Kingsley could rip his arms off if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, other modifiers, Jake Steen for the name. Obviously ends in Steen, so we'll have him in there at some point. <laughs> um, political views, and this is where the Frankenstein element comes in. We've got Israel Falau. No, kill him. <laughs> kill him, chase him down with pitchforks. <laughs> He's a monster. Slash Jonathan Patton um, for his dick pics. Uh, what else do we have? You've really thought in depth about this. I love it. A crime modifier. I can't believe this is the first time we've got a crime modifier. And I went nickname, best nickname for our guy, obviously, other than Frankenstein or, or whatever the fuck the segment's called. Um, <laughs> we don't know anymore. Snooze. Toby Bedford Snooze is an elite nickname. Oh, Bedford. Uh. Get it? Oh, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, mate. All right, so... Just fucking hell. So, the GWS Falconstein, we have Phil Davis's head, basically Callum Ward. Callum Brown, uh, sorry, Callum Brown and Kieran Briggs stitched together Callum body. Yeah. Um, for arms, we have Sam Taylor's right arm and making the coach's debut, we've got Adam Kingsley's left arm, the left arm of God himself. For legs, we have another split. We have the spare Jeremy Cameron leg we've had rotting in the back for a few weeks. <laughs> and we've also got Aaron Cadman's is it Adam Cam- Adam Cadman or Aaron, Aaron Cadman? Aaron, Aaron Cadman, because yeah. Adam Cadman would be a ridiculous name, of course. <laughs> um, and we've got his, his his other like two spindly little legs, and then your modifiers. We have the Toby Tax, which comes with the Toby Kick. We have the big big sound big boost modifier there. Uh, the name is going to be Jake Steen, otherwise known to his friends and enemies as Snooze. <laughs> and that's your GWS Falconstein. I love it. We did it. <laughs> Did I get that frame? <laughs> oh, wait. We need the social media modifier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, otherwise, otherwise, how else would the big, big sound get popular? Am I right, Chris? <laughs> exactly. I need Jacob Gaynor, the guy from um, the social media team, to sit on top of this guy's um, shoulders like Master Blaster from Mad Max. Ooh, yeah. Or if you're a little bit younger, like Jack and Daxter. <laughs> Still, still not. <laughs> still too late, Jesse. You've got to move it forward a little bit more. So, we always finish off the show by asking our beloved supporter the most important question for 2024. Alex, what did GWS need to do to win the premiership this year? I think it's all about momentum for us. We picked it right up in the second half of last season. So, if we can continue that into this season, we'll be top 
top six, I'm going to say. Um, so all about good vibes and momentum because that's what the club has around them at the moment. And Toby Green being a fucking legend. Yeah. yeah. Succinct and accurate. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I, I think the Giants are going to have a very good year this year. What's, well, I didn't really ask, what's your guys' vibes of GWS? Like you did mention you sort of thought they were going to be maybe a bit of a spoiled child when they first come in, but... Is there any sort of malice towards the club as you sit there as fans of other teams? For me, not at all. I, I, I think you guys got set the team set up really well. Yeah, you had your concessions, but how else are you going to start a team? Mm. You recruited well. You've had enough heartbreak. You've had enough memorable moments. You've had good players leave the club. You've had good players come, you know, come in. I think it feels somehow GWS feels more established than Gold Coast. Yes. Because you've had enough ups and downs. I have absolutely no... I would almost consider GWS like my second team. I have a real soft spot for him because that's social media prowess. Mm. I like him. And I, I think they're going to have a killer, killer year this year. As a Bulldog supporter, I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, As you should. No. <clears throat> Having said that, I do actually find GWS to be an entertaining team to watch. Yeah. And I actually really like our rivalry because it's genuine. It hasn't been manufactured. It came from the players legitimately hating each other and having really close games. And that's why it's not just because it's my club, but it's probably one of my favorite rivalries in the AFL over the last few years because it was it was just organically happened. It wasn't forced by the media yeah. or pushed onto anything. It just organically came apart where they just fucking hated each other. It was great. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, just to add to that, I almost like how the media won't accept it as one of the best rivalries in sport. Yeah. Sorry, in AFL, because it's still like, oh, GWS and Sydney. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Giants and the Doggies. Yeah, and for some reason, they keep trying to put us in a rivalry with like North and other random teams. It's like, no, just accept that there's one there that the, the fans actually are invested in. I think for me, I haven't really followed footy as much as I have in the last six years now. So probably about 2018 onwards mm. was really it. Maybe like, sorry, 2017. So I remember when GWS started existing, I was like, that's cool. Orange and black is like, the uniforms are pretty cool. Like, that's that's decent. But they were immediately not great. So I was like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Kind of switch off. And then in the more that I have been watching football over the past you know, seven years. I've always really liked GWS. I don't have any ill will against them. It's kind of, they don't have the the benefit of instilling hatred because they have been around for five minutes. So there's not enough time really for me to go, oh yeah, no, nah, they're assholes because there's a thousand GWS fans and, if anything, Alex, you can you can attest to. We went to the St Kilda GWS finals game last we year. We did. That that should have been one of my memories. Actually, you've jogged that. Yeah, that was that was really good when we got called. Uh, you, myself, and the person we were with got called cunts by some random St Kilda supporter, Fairly, and he wasn't. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was. He wasn't there when we turned around after GWS had won. <laughs> yeah, he was long gone. That's another story. And you know, we we travelled. Like I've been to. Sea Giants, and there's just there's such positivity around that team now, and I think Gold Coast have a similar thing where they're kind of this team that isn't weighed down by the pressure of legacy. Like they're building their legacy, they're building their club how they want to be. There's no like, oh well, Collingwood have been like this for a hundred years, or Melbourne have been like this for a hundred years, kind of thing pushing behind them, so they can really be anything that they want to be, and I, that's why we see things like this. Jacob Gain or like the social media person pushing so well into what is currently trending now and what's really speaking to people now. So I'd probably almost say that GWS is one of the most authentic teams to what the modern era of football could and should be mm. in that sense. I think this is the nicest we've been to a club yeah. on one of these episodes. And it, and- it, is, it is genuine. We we left the modifier out as well. Sorry, which sorry, which modifier? The charcoal kit that the Giants have. I, that, that's that what is I was just the, about to say. Yeah, I, I say had it in my notes. 
Because Clarky mentioned the Guernseys and the colours, I was going to say that charcoal kit, by the way, is probably oh. my favourite Guernsey of any AFL team ever. That's what I was GWS thinking stealth about. Guernsey. Yeah, that yes. one. Amazing. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, Al. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to someone who, our, speak to our first person who follows an expansion club. And is there anything, where can people find you? Where should they go listen to your podcast? Where should they go listen to your band? Tell tell everyone about all the great stuff you're doing. Is this my time to shine? This is your time. Plug, plug, plug. So you can find In and Under, which is a podcast that myself and my friend Carmen run. And we talk a lot about NBA, EPL and Touch on Footy as well. Um, that's on Apple Podcasts and all the other places you find your podcasts uh, and social media, Insta, Facebook. The usual. Uh, we're pretty up and running with that now, but not much for following. So have a listen, see what you think, and listen to our band Mitzi. Um, we got a few tracks out, and there'll be some more tracks coming out early this year. So, yeah, M I T S Y on Apple Music and Spotify as well. Thank you so much. You can find Falcon Footy Pod across social media. We're Falcon Footy Pod on everything. You can find us all on Twitter as well. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner. Chris is at Larry underscore 16. And I am at Quantum JC. Now, listeners, we are part of the Story Mode Podcast Network. So you should go listen to our sister shows, Dialogue Options and Love Letters, which is hosted by Jesse. Sure is, baby. We'll be back soon. Go listen to the old episodes. They're timeless, classics, or every single one of them. That's it. And thank you so much. We'll see you in the next one. Bum, 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 Good luck sinking that, Jesse. Big, big sound.